Hello, welcome to the podcast. I'm Aaron, your host for the weekly podcast brought to you by onlinephysio.app. Hello, it's Aaron from onlinephysio.app. I get a lot of questions sent to me through Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter and all sorts. So I'm just going to do a bit of a Q&A. This one's just going to be generic rehab recovery questions. Um, and then in other weeks I'll do sort of specific to ankle injuries, shoulder injuries, back injuries, whatever. Um, okay. So first question was, how do you not get wear and tear injuries? Is it even possible? Um, so it's a bit of a broad question, and it I suppose it depends entirely on what sport you do and what kind of training you do. Um, but let's say for example running, because that's probably a common kind of sport where wear and tear injuries occur. Um, so with running, there's a lot of things you can control with it. So footwear, it can be that simple. So if you've got rubbish trainers that haven't got a lot of support in it, you're probably more likely to get things like um, Achilles tendinopathies or knee injuries or hip injuries or just general tightness because your body's got to sort of absorb all that force that your trainers aren't giving you any protection from. Um, so that's one thing you can do. Just make sure you've got really good trainers. Um, update your trainers every so often so that they don't get worn down and then your joints aren't haven't got as much load on them. Um, another thing you can do, you can manage is your recovery. Um, so if you're training every day of the week, then your body's got loads of stress and strain to go through and sort of repair from before you train again. So just make sure your recovery strategies are spot on. So things like stretching, nutrition, rest, alternating. So if you're doing um, a long distance run, maybe the next one do a short distance run or intervals or just different things like that. So monitor your load and that will um, reduce your likelihood of injury. So for other things, um, again, a lot of it's managing load. So if you're doing lots of deadlifting or squatting, for example, your body's going through so much force and so much load that it might have a chance to recover. So if you're doing deadlifts every day, that's a lot of lifting, a lot of strain on your back, your core needs to be braced a lot. Um, so the more you're doing that, say you built up, your sort of recovery was here, then your ups here, then your ups here, and then the final day before you get injured, it might be rock bottom, and that's why you're getting the injury. So not strictly a wear and tear injury, but it kind of is because you, your recovery is dropping and then you get injured. So other things you can do are just general maintenance and mobility. So making sure you're stretching, you're doing sort of low intensity, um, high rep movements and resistance training to build your endurance so that when you are performing or you are training sort of at a high intensity, your body's got that um, capability to adapt and manage the load so that they can take the stress and you won't get injured. So that's another way. So a lot of it is um, managing load, making sure your body's in good condition, your nutrition's good, your recovery's good, hydration's another big one. If your muscles and structures aren't adequately hydrated then your likelihood of injury massively jumps and your performance drops. So to bring those level, you kind of need to make sure your hydration is spot on. So next question, does exercise help broken bones? 
research suggests that sort of impact and putting load through your bones. So for example, with a leg fracture, um, walking, the more you walk, the stronger the bone gets. So obviously there's a bit of a gap because if you go too much, you're gonna re-fracture your leg and if you don't do it enough, then you're not gonna get anything. Or if you can't do it, then I mean, you're not to blame. But to an extent, exercise helps because the more load goes through it, um, the stronger the bone will get and then eventually you'll be able to build that up. You could start walking with a crutch and then walking without a crutch, doing some swim pool work, so non-impact rehabilitation exercise in the pool. Um, and then you might progress into a, some squats or some you know, non-impact stuff to build up the muscles around it and then you'll progress to jogging, um, faster paced jogging, sprinting intervals, things like that. Um, so yes, exercise does help broken bones, kind of, um, but not if they're broken already. So to give you another example, if you've got shin splints and that's progressed or regressed rather into a stress fracture, doing exercise of a certain kind is going to make that worse. So uh, you'll be able to do non-impact stuff like swimming, um, cycling, um, resistance training to an extent, but high impact things are going to uh, make that stress fracture worse. So in that example, exercise doesn't help. Well, a, a certain type of exercise doesn't help the fracture. Next, are injuries sometimes pointless? Don't really know what that one means. Does a torn pec muscle require surgery? If you've completely, so your pecs are your chest muscles, for anyone who doesn't know, and predominantly help with this kind of movement. Um, and obviously your bench press, so pushing. So if you've torn it as if you would tear a hamstring, sort of a grade one or two, which is a partial tear, then no, you probably don't need surgery. But if you've completely snapped it, which the most likely thing to think of is your arms gone so far out that the, the muscle here can't take the load and it's, it's completely ruptured, um, then it's likely that you'll need surgery to knit those muscles together um, start going again so it's a bit like when you see some powerlifters or deadlifters rupture their bicep um, same sort of thing so there's a grade one a grade two and a grade three tear or rupture a grade one is where there's a bit of a tear so that's where it's kind of sore like you might have gone for a run the next day your hamstring's a bit tender so that'll probably be a grade one after a couple of days that's generally healed the grade two is where there's a partial tear so like the muscle fibers are kind of like that so that obviously takes a bit longer because the, they've got to knit back together and you know um, get back to how they were before. And then there's a grade three or a rupture, which is where the muscle fibres are completely snapped into two separate ends. Um, so they very rarely, if ever, knit back together. So that's where you would require surgery. So uh, footballers, I think Michael Owen was probably a famous one who ruptured his hamstring. Um, so he obviously needed surgery to knit that together and then um, he just suffered loads of hamstring injuries through his career because it's such a severe injury. So if that happened to your pec, then you'd need surgery to, to sort of knit it back together and then you'd work through your rehab like that. But if you've just pulled it and it's a bit sore because you've done some flies or something, then probably not. Can muscles completely lost through injury regrow? So yes, would be the simple answer to the question. Um, so your muscles 
if you stop using muscles, they reduce the size and power strength rather reduces at roughly four times the speed that they grow. So say it took you a month to grow one pound of muscle, you'd lose that in a week if you stopped doing everything. So that's why if you've got your leg in a cast for six weeks, when you have it taken off, you've got one normal size leg and then one leg that's massively reduced in, in muscle girth. But it does grow back. So there was a study I read at uni where I think it was a quad, a quad strain or a femur fracture, one of them. Um, and the muscle has obviously deteriorated while it was immobilised and then this is when the, the guy in the study was a kid. Um, and then 20 years later they retested his, um, his muscle girth and everything and there was still a discrepancy between the injured leg and the uninjured leg, even though it happened 20 years ago and the, the injury completely healed. So it can take absolutely ages and sometimes you don't even you don't even realise because a muscle a muscle group as big as the quads you probably won't notice. But and a lot of the time if say again with the legs if your uninjured leg is taking all the strain then that can obviously get bigger because it's getting stronger taking all the weight of your body where your your injured leg isn't taking any. So that's another imbalance. So you're already dropping um, muscle in your injured leg and the other one's going up so that gap between them is even bigger and so obviously your aim through rehab is to keep that where it is and bring the other one up which can take it depends on how serious the injury how long it's been if you've done anything while you have been injured and, and a number of other things so it's difficult to answer but just because your muscles drop doesn't mean that's it it's gone so you need to just work on building it up and it's a, it can be a long process but it's definitely doable. So things to help it, what are, if you're in uh, in a cast for example again, say you break your wrist, but things to help it are little exercises to keep the muscle as much as you can. So um, just things like gripping, so you could get a tennis ball or a stress ball and squeeze it and that's working your forearm muscles even if you're in a cast. So that's kind of keeping muscle ticking over a little bit and um, well you obviously can't start doing curls or anything because you're in you're in a cast and that's impossible. So things like that, if you can do that while you're in in a cast then when it gets taken off there'll not be as much of a drop as there would if you didn't. So if you have to think of an ankle fracture, um, sort of scrunching your toes up while you're in your cast can help with you just activate your calf muscles a little bit so that again they've got a bit of activation, they're not completely lost and then when you get it taken off the muscle's probably there instead of there. Occlusion training is quite good for that because you can, um, it's basically where you cut off the blood flow a little bit um, and do low intensity high rep exercise and because the blood's cut off the muscles are working harder and there's loads of benefits to doing that so that's something to do so say you broke your leg um, below the knee, mid-shin for example, you could put the occlusion cuff, blood flow restriction cuff around your quad, do some knee extension or some squats um, and then your quad's getting more stimulation than that would be but you obviously can't do squats and things with heavy weights because you're in um, immobilisation and obviously you just can't do it so things like that, little strategies, making sure you get an adequate protein because 
that will prevent muscle loss a little bit. One thing is important to note though is that say one limb again is injured, don't work just the other limb because that will, as I said, it can always kind of creep up anyway. If you start doing, if you broke your wrist and you start doing bicep curls in the good wrist, then that bicep's going to improve in strength even more than it is just from you lifting things and making your cup of tea with that arm anyway. So don't go do an exercise on one kind of half of your body when the other half's injured because you'll have an even bigger gap to bring up when, when you, you can do it with your So you can do things like stretching, just basic movements, but don't go trying to make one side really strong because um, it's just not going to happen. If it's things like your legs, you can end up having a really strong left leg if you broke your right leg, for example, and that can cause issues with your pelvic alignment and your lower back and all sorts. So that'll be counterproductive. So just keep ticking along, doing little movements if you can with the immobilised part, um, just anything you can think of to stop that muscle deteriorating um, as much. Okay? What is the magic spray used by football trainers? So usually it's a cooling spray or a heat spray. So cooling spray is generally used for joints, um, like your knee, ankle, elbow, shoulder. Um, and heat spray is used for muscles, so quads, hamstrings, calves, generally footballers. Um, so that's just, it doesn't do anything biologically. It doesn't magically make your muscles fine or dis make your injury disappear. It's just a kind of method of pain management. So. Um, if you've got a, if you pulled, got a bit of a niggling hamstring, not sure if it's tight or you've torn it, um, the physio at football club might run on, spray it a little bit, and that sensation of heat through the muscle um, kind of tricks the player into not being allowed, being feeling anxious about it. So that's what it is. It's it's literally just like a pain management thing, um, similar to taking painkillers doesn't do anything, it's not magic, doesn't fix the injury, um, just lets them play. I'm on a walking holiday and have severe calf pain, how do I fix this? Um, it depends if it's just come on, like you've gone up a step and felt a sharp pain in your calf, or it's gradually built on over the week or whatever, how long have you been there? So, the first thing to do is to apply ice if it's just started hurting, so that'll manage the inflammation and bleeding if there is any. If you've got muscle strain, there'll be a bit of bleeding in the, in the muscle. Probably not too severe if, if you're only walking, but so rest it if you can. When you get in, so now, if it's hurting now, just get it elevated, so on a, um, above kind of hip height. Just watch telly with it on a pillow or a chair or something. Stick some ice on it, um, so just follow rice, rest ice, compression elevation, if you can get like a compression sock or something, but some ice wrapped with a tea towel, get your leg up. Um, that'll manage the acute phase of injury. So just reduce inflammation, reduce bleeding, hopefully it'll start feeling a bit better. And then the following day or a couple of days after, if it's gone down a little bit, just do some gentle movements. So if that's your ankle, just bending your heel like that, maybe some calf raises, um, stretching your calf, that can manage it. But don't do anything crazy and definitely don't do loads of walking because the worst thing to do if you've got a, if you've pulled your calf which is a muscle strain the worst thing you can do is 
is carrying walking on it or even increase your intensity or your load. So um, slow down what you're doing, stick some ice on it, stretch it out, have gentle movements, keep it elevated and deal with it when you get home. So that's a few questions, hopefully you found that interesting. I'm going to try and do them every week and like I said, um, sort of categorise the questions because I've literally got hundreds just chilling, waiting for me to answer. So if you've got any, tweet at Online Physio app on um, Twitter. You can find us on Online Physio app on Facebook. On Instagram, it's onlinephysio.app. And then again, if you've got an injury, visit www.onlinephysio.app and you can go through the free online injury assessment. Depending on what you've put in the questionnaire, the injury assessment, it will generate the most appropriate um, rehab program for you. So check that out. Let us know if you have any questions and I'll see you in the next one. Thanks for listening. If you found that useful, um, give it a like, subscribe wherever you're listening, Spotify, Apple Podcasts or any others. Um, we'd appreciate if you give us a rating. But for now, we'll see you next week.